Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَيَسْتَخْلِفَنَّهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ كَمَا اسْتَخْلَفَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ وَلَيُمَكِّنَنَّ لَهُمْ دِينَهُمُ الَّذِي ارْتَضَى لَهُمْ وَلَيُبَدِّلَنَّهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ خَوْفِهِمْ أَمْنًا يَعْبُدُونَنِي لَا يُشْرِكُونَ بِي شَيْئًا وَمَنْ كَفَرَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rabbi shrahli sadri, wa yassirli amri, wahlul uqtatan min lisani, yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Dear viewers, jazakallah khair for joining us again this week for the show on al-waqiyah. Today, uh, alhamdulillah, we are blessed to be in the month of Rabi' al-awwal. Now this is a month that uh, many people uh, increase their remembrance of uh, uh, and their study of the life of our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, throughout this series where we've been talking about different anbiya, Muhammad sallallahu is obviously different. He is our nabi. He is our rasul. He is the final messenger sent to this ummah and to every nation till the day until Yom Qiyamah. So with that in mind, in this month, where people choose to study and remember his life, his seerah, we want to look at a very specific and important part of his life. His role as a leader, his role as a statesman, uh, and how we can emulate and follow his example in this part of life. Now, with me today to help discuss and understand this topic is uh, a special guest, Brother Baha Ibrahim. Assalamu alaikum, bro. How are you doing? Khair, alhamdulillah, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, bro. So to start off, bro, just for everyone watching at home, uh, maybe you could tell us what we mean by the word statesman, because it's not really a common word. It's not one that we use often. But what does it, what does it actually mean? Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Um, 
The term statement, statesman is uh, it's a very important uh, word to understand. Basically, means someone who uh, is ready to take charge of office. He's a, he's a political figure. So he may not be someone who's necessarily in charge already, but he is someone who understands politics and he works with politics to rule over a people and to rule according to the values and principles that he believes in to solve problems. And so by definition, a statesman is someone who is always uh, involved in the realm of politics. Um, and that's what the word simply means. And the thing is that with, with um, politicians and with politics, the term unfortunately has become something that is somewhat uh, muddled in our current day. It's become a word that is dirty, a word that is linked with corruption, a word that is linked with tyranny, uh, a word that is linked with deceit, with lies, with not looking after people's affairs, and with cheating the people and getting away with whatever they want to do. Right, and you can, we can go further. People view it as a career. People view it as a means to make quick money. People view it as a way to just get some security for yourself. Okay, and so it's become a dirty word for us. So when people think of political statement, they think bad people, rotten people. But for us, um, when we approach this topic as Muslims, we need to view it from a very different perspective. This this topic of politics, um, and that's because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He tells us in the hadith that the, uh, the people of Banu Israel that the Banu Israel they used to be politically governed by their prophets, right? But then he mentions in the hadith that there will be uh, there will be no prophet after him, right? So first he says every time a prophet, a prophet perished, one would follow and he would govern them. But after him, وسلم, there will be no prophet after him. He said, La Nabi right? And then what happens in the hadith is that he says, وَسَيَكُونُ بَعْدِ خُلَفَاءَ فَيَكْثُرُونَ Yes, after me there will be many khulafa and they will number many. And the Sahaba asked, Ya Rasulullah, what should we do? And he says, give them the bay'ah, the pledge of allegiance, one after the other. So the Prophet ﷺ tells us inherently that politics is actually a part of Islam. And it's what the prophets came to do. And it's what the khulafa, the leaders, the highest authority for the Muslims, they performed. As their duty towards the Muslim Ummah. So that's what we are looking at when it comes to the topic of politics and statesmen. JazakAllah Khair. So it's, you know, from the way you've defined it, it's clear that the Prophet was himself a statesman. Uh, he was, you know, he was someone who governed and was politically aware, politi politically active, according to the principles he followed, obviously the principles we follow, the principles of Islam, as revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what are now we're talking about following his example and you know especially especially poignant in the month of Rabi'l Awwal the month according to some sources in which he was born وسلم, but a month generally in which people take time to pause and reflect on his life now with that in mind this aspect of his life the aspects of him being a statesman it's, it's a part of his life that many men that maybe sorry many people don't look at as much as other aspects of his life what are the 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 actual actions the actual uh, parts of being a statesman. What what are the things that we can take from his examples, sallallahu and implement them in our own lives to follow this sunnah of his to be a statesman, to be politically active. Uh, again, let's look at the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu We are talking about the, the the greatest prophet and our our leader 
uh, our political leader, the one who taught us how to lead our lives from the wahi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to him. And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions in another hadith where he says, Ala kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyatihi That verily, every one of you is a shepherd and every one of you is in charge of and responsible over his flock. And he continues in the hadith and he says, um, فَالْأَمِيرَ الَّذِي عَلَى النَّاسِ رَاعٍ وَهُوَ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَتِهِ And the Amir who is over his people, right? He is in charge over them and he is responsible over their affairs. So what does this then practically mean? The Prophet ﷺ is showing us that you need to be responsible over the affairs of your people. Practically you are responsible, meaning you are, on, you are accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will ask you about what you have done with your people. So the practical actions, when we look at the Prophet ﷺ, and I'd like to use this to explain it this way, is to not be like the leaders of today. They are the incorrect examples of what a statesman looks like. Okay, Because if you look at the leaders today who rule the Muslim world, or the leaders today who are who even run the Western world, right? all of them represent that which, which is the opposite of what Islam defines as the statesman, as the one who is responsible and looks after the affairs of his people. What do we see from these people? We see corruption, we see treachery, we see a self-serving nature of politics that in there for, for them in their career. And people who don't really care about Muslims and Islam. They actually only care about serving themselves and keeping their chairs and the thrones safe. And this is where I want to make a very, a, a very important point, which is the politics someone conducts, and I kind of alluded to it in the start, but just to expand on it, that the politics that someone he undertakes, they're based on the principles that he carries. Okay, If you follow politics that is based on Western views, you will end up with the view that people hold the politics today. Corruption, lying, deceit. Why? Because in Western politics, right, the very uh, way that you govern society is based on what is the most self-serving the most uh, uh, um, the way that I can achieve the most interest for myself and for my nation so when you view foreign policy you only think about caring about your nation you don't think about what you can do with the other people and so what do you see in the history of Western politics until now you see colonialism whether it is direct colonialism uh, occupying lands as happens with some of the Muslim lands or Neo-colonialism, which is to occupy the Muslims, not directly, but via being in charge of the systems and the states that uh, the Muslims reside in. So being in charge of the, uh, of the ruling system, being in charge of the economic system, being in charge of the judicial system, the judiciary, the educational system, being in charge of all of those. That's what these people are doing at the moment. That's what it meant for them in foreign policy. Okay? Locally, it means how can I save myself and my image? Right? You're in this position because it's a good job. You're in this position because you can get lots of personal benefit. That's why they are in this job for. So they don't really care about the people. Half the time they don't even know what's happening to the people in the country. Okay? Nor do they really care about it that much. The policies are only there to serve themselves and to serve the elites around them. This is how they view politics. Now, if that's all the situation, that's what people are seeing because these are the principles that Western politics runs on, obviously people will grow hatred. They will see it incorrectly. But remember, Muslims... In our principles, when it comes to politics, we have a very different view. And the only reason why we are all seeing politics in this negative light is because we haven't seen it correctly manifested in a state since 1924 when the Khilafah was destroyed. Ever since then, the politics we have seen has only been the politics of the West. We haven't seen the politics of Islam. We haven't seen the politics that contradicts all of this, that says 
politics is not about selfishness and authority and about yourself it's about selflessness and looking after the people's issues it's not about caring for yourself it's, it's caring about the affairs of the people it's not about viewing your foreign policy about colonizing lands and destroying them and taking their resources and breaking them apart just for your interest it's about spreading the message of rahmah that you carry the gift of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the whole of humanity in a manner that they rejoice and join the system of islam and rejoice in the rahmah that allah has sent very different principles the ummah hasn't seen this since 1924 and so politics obviously means like it's something that is a, a dirty word for us but if we rewire rewire and reconnect to Islam's view of politics, we will see very different examples. So the first point really on this is you have to have principles. And the Prophet وسلم, he demonstrated that we have principles in how we run our politics. Care for the affairs of the people, have selflessness in how you manage authorities about the people. You're a leader in charge of the people and you are someone uh, who has solutions and you're ready to demonstrate those solutions and you're someone who is connected to the world around you with the ummah around you and you want to give the rahmah of islam to this world jazakallah khair it, you know the the points you were just mentioning there that the, the 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 principles the framework if you like of how politics is meant to work in islam that that first point you mentioned uh, about being principled principled in your politics and sticking to those principles you know reminds me that even in the very early days of Islam, when Rasulullah was still in Mecca and there was not yet as yet an Islamic state, he was still politically active, he was still a statesman. And, and what I mean by that is, if you look at this point about sticking to principles um, in your politics, uh, there was a time when during his da'wah it agitated the Quraysh so much that they came to him and said, uh, we will accept your leadership over us uh, if we can negotiate a compromise where you rule over us for a year however you want and we will rule over you for a year with our religion how we want and uh, you know the, the the response was as said in the quran uh, uh you know to you your religion and to me mine it's uh this is the response of Rasulullah. this is the response of a statesman a person who understands his principles and is politically engaging uh with other uh, uh political institutions on his own principles um i don't know if you can think of any other examples from the seerah to help demonstrate this point but just for me this this particularly uh, stood out as an example of which can help sort of illustrate the point you're talking about about islamic politics actually i want to use maybe some examples contemporary examples uh to then use uh, um, some of the 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 hadith of prophet to show what it should be like so we have uh, a very clear principle that we believe in as Muslims that the Muslim lands are one land they cannot be divided right we cannot have more than one leader okay so now as a statesman someone who is whether you're like you said someone who is ready to take charge of authority or someone who is in authority you have this as a principle there cannot be more than one leader for, for the Muslims if I'm not calling for to resolve the the problems of the of the Muslims and we see the Muslim lands currently divided corrupted the, the Muslims need to improve their situation and all of this situation. We see that the Muslims have more than one leader in charge of them. So one of the principles that I approach politics and I approach the situation of the Muslim Ummah is to say the first step for us to be able to unify ourselves to start solving our problems is by having one leader. Yes? 
We can only have one leader. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says in the hadith, إِذَا بُيَعَ لِخَلِيفَتَيْنِ فَقْتُلُ الْأَخَرَ مِنْهُمَا If bay'ah, the pledge of allegiance, right, the, the, the pledge to obey and hear, the leader, is given to more than two khalifs, to two rulers, then kill the latter of them. Meaning we can only have one ruler. Now I have this as a principle. So when I approach politics, nation states cannot be an option. I cannot think Turkey is a Muslim state, and if that does well, that's fantastic. Pakistan is a Muslim state. If that does good, that's fantastic. Syria, Sudan, Jordan, they're all Muslim states. If they do good and they improve and they become better place, that's fantastic. No. From the onset, we are approaching politics with an Islamic mindset. The Muslims are united and we can only have one state. We all must be united. Yeah? That's an example. A quick second example is um, uh, that as uh, statesmen, you know, and it refers to an example about the Prophet ﷺ, is we believe as Muslims that the authority should exist to no one but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our politics. So now when we approach solutions, okay, we don't say let's implement a civil democracy, a civil state, which is democratic, like what was the call in Sudan, for example, or a civil state democracy, like the call in Egypt, for example, or let's improve the... Uh, the, the democratic institution of the country that like calls in Pakistan, okay, or across Muslim world. In fact, we say, in Verily, authorities for none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We accept nothing except for Islam to be an authority. That's a principle. Now, as a politician, I now have to div uh, devise all of my rules and my solutions from this basis, from Islam alone. And when I call for authority, and when I call for the Solution to to the Muslim lands. It has to be from this principle alone authorities for Allah alone I don't accept anything else and the Muslim lands have to be united They have to be one and I will get all of my solutions from the kitab and sunnah alone and implement them nowhere else This is principles and we learn this from the seer of the Prophet ﷺ from his da'wah His whole da'wah was geared towards getting the state and implementing the state of Islam It's uh... It's actually very thought provoking when you put it like that. SubhanAllah. That, that you know, the, the Prophet the Prophet's whole mission was political in, in origin from beginning to end and it was all about seeking uh, seeking authority, seeking leadership, um, to go from becoming, you know, someone who's politically active to being a political leader. Um I wonder actually it kinda of reminds me of the, the something else you just said in your first point, um, how one of the things that we learn from the Sunnah of the Prophet is that you've always got to be ready, ready to take charge, ready to solve problems when you're confronted with them. I wonder if you could maybe expand on that point a little bit more. Zakal Akhir, when you're when you're saying you're ready to take charge, you're ready to solve problems, um, it means that you understand the ahkam of Islam, you know the rules of Islam, and you understand it's not just in terms of the individual rules, but you understand the systems of Islam. Because politics is about implementing, uh, uh, politics is about serving the affairs of the people, and people, they live in societies, they live in states. So you need to implement systems over them to look after the affairs of the people. Okay, So we see economic systems, we see uh, the judiciary, how laws are judged, okay, how issues are judged, we see the military, we see the ruling system. So when I say that you're ready to take charge and you're able to solve problems, it means you're able to refer all of those issues in those areas back to the ahkam of Islam because you are aware of them and you understand how they work. Okay. 
That's what it means. And the one of the key things, uh, a, a key example of showing that you are ready to take charge, is demonstrating the quality of being able to hold the position of leadership. And this is an example that comes clear from the burial of the Prophet ﷺ. When he passed away, the Sahaba, they delayed his burial. But we know that the delaying the, the, delaying the burial of a person, sorry, the burial of a person is uh, one of the highest faraib. But to then delay the burial of Muhammad it's not a joke, it's a big issue. But why would the Sahaba delay it? It's because they, they had a far greater issue they, which they understood to be more important, which is to elect a Khalifa for the Muslims, right? And Abu Bakr Sadiq at the time, he showed that he was capable of taking charge because he was able to unify and reignite the Muslims while they were in the state of shock at the death of the Prophet yeah? And when he took charge, what, what did he face, Abu Bakr Sadiq He faced the Ridda Wars, the apostasy wars, where people were leaving Islam, the false prophet Muslim came to the fore, and the people were refusing to pay the zakah. And Abu Bakr Sadiq anhu, he was ready to take charge over the issue, given the whole situation, and he was ready to solve the problem. He was ready to dispatch Khalid bin Walid to go and deal with Musaylama. He was ready to even send the army of Usama bin Zayd, with the Sahaba advised him not to send, so they could protect Al Madina from the current situation in the Arab lands in the in the. Uh, uh, in the uh, in the uh, uh, surrounding Medina and the Muslims from the Ridda and the uh, the apostates and the people not paying zakat that was uh, an impending danger so they were saying to him don't send Osama's army now towards uh, 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 the the the, uh, the Persians keep him at bay and let's solve the, solve this issue instead but and he refused. He said, that army is for there, and this army is for this, and I will solve it in this manner. He was prepared and he was ready, and he demonstrated this. This is what we have to be equipped with. So when we look at the problems of the Ummah today, okay, the economic problems of the Ummah that we face in the Muslim world, the, the, uh, the education system which is failing in the Muslim world and is being secularized in the Muslim world, right? And the ruling system, which is absolutely corrupt and it's a mess in the Muslim world, we can say we are ready to revamp this entire system, chuck it away, throw it out, and implement the systems of Islam instead, and we are ready to deal with whatever is to come our way. Like how Abu Bakr Sadiq showed, and how the Prophet demonstrated when he took charge of Medina and he uh, established the first state of Islam. He knew the impending threat, but he knew how to deal with the situation. Again, a, a really important point, a, a, something that, you know, I think we can all learn from. And I guess that's something that comes, something you can build in yourself through a process of reflection and, I guess, staying connected to the issues of the Ummah, thinking and educating yourself on the Islamic solution to them and practicing and practicing uh, reflection on issues and how to deal with them so that when the time comes, when you actually have to face a problem, when you're in a situation where you're required to take charge, it comes naturally. Um, so that's, I guess, one aspect of importance about connectivity. But what 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 role would you say that being connected to the ummah, being grounded as as a as a as a person in the ummah, what role would you say that plays in in the making of a statesman? Sorry, but can you repeat that? I think there was a slight. No worries. No worries. 
I was I was saying that um, you were talking about referring back to the ruler. Sorry, referring back to the ruler. Apologies um, uh, about uh, uh, being ready to take charge and ready to solve problems, as as uh, the examples you gave from the Sira and from the life of Bakr al-Bahwan. And I was saying that it's something that you, uh, something that we would that we would have to build in ourselves through a process of reflection understanding the problems of the Muslims and understanding the Islamic solutions and constantly practicing matching problem to solution until it becomes second nature. And I was saying that a part of that, which is actually something you mentioned before, is, is being connected to the Ummah, is being part of the Ummah, being grounded in the Ummah so you understand the problems and you understand the nature of the problems. And I was just asking your opinion on what, what other role, or what, what else is the importance of connectivity to the Ummah and being connected to the Ummah okay. in the role of making a statesman. No, that's clear now. Barakallahu um, So there's a, uh, a good a hadith in the Prophet about being, uh, so on this point, about being connected with the Ummah, being and understanding their affairs and concerning about the world around you. The hadith in the Prophet وسلم, uh, in which he says that if Allah puts anyone in the position of authority over the affairs of the Muslims, and he, i.e. this person who is in charge, secludes himself from them he, he does not fulfill their needs does not fulfill their wants right and fulfills their poverty and to put them out of it right allah will keep himself away from him i.e this person in charge not fulfilling his need not fulfilling his want or poverty okay this is a very important hadith in this context why because a statesman a person he is uh, who is ready to take charge, who wants to implement the problems, uh, implement the solution to solve the almost problems. He must understand the problem that the people are facing. Otherwise, how would he solve them? Okay. If you're saying I'm ready to take charge over you to the Muslims in Sudan or the Muslims of Egypt or the Muslims of Pakistan, right? Or the Muslims here, even you say I'm ready to take charge over you, right? The natural question is, okay, do you know our problems? Do you know uh, what do you want to rule by? What do you want to solve? What are you going to do? What's your plan? What's your game plan? And even when you look at the presidential debate that's happening happening in the US at the moment, or the the the, the prime ministerial the prime minister, prime minister, prime ministerial debate that takes place when it's the UK time, what's what what are they asked about? They're asked about what are you going to do about this issue, this problem that the people are facing? What are you going to do about university fees? What are you going to do about uh, the 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 difference between the taxes? Of, of the people, what are you going to do about the education system that's appalling? They're being asked all of these questions. Why? Because these are the problems that the people face. So being connected with the Ummah means you know their problems. Okay? Because now if you are being put in charge of the people's affairs, as the hadith mentions, if you are put in charge and you don't look after the people's affairs, you don't look after their needs, you don't look after their wants, you don't deal with the poverty, Allah was gonna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will distance himself away from you. How can you be in that position if you're not connected to these issues? Omar ibn Khattab, radiallahu anhu, when he was the Amir, he would patrol the night to see what's happening with the people in Medina. And he put governors in place in the other lands of the Muslims who were competent to be able to deal with the problems of the people. One incident, as we know, Omar Khattab, radiallahu anhu, he was walking the streets and he came across a house at night in which the there was a mother, just to a very short, saying this story very shortly, the, the mother who he found, she had kids who were sleeping and she was boiling water, right, on rocks that sounded like she was cooking food. 
right? And when he, Amr al-Khattab, he, uh, he came to the door, he inquired what was happening. The woman was showing her discontent with the, with the, with the Khalifa, who was Amr al-Khattab at the time. Like, she was saying that her children were hungry, they have no food. Where is this man? He's supposed to be looking after me. Umar al-Khattab felt that issue personally. And he himself went to Bayt al-Mal to grab the wheat, to bring it over, and to make sure the kids were fed before he then went back to continue his job. Right? This is what connection means. Half the time, you ask the question do you, uh, to these rulers, do you know what the people are facing? They have no clue. They have probably, they hire people to go and find the problems to then report back to them to tell them what's going on. And even then, they don't even report half of it, nor do they care about half of it. You ask these people and poverty is happening, for example, in London by itself, it's a high poverty rate. You ask the leaders in Jordan, in Syria, Pakistan, and Sudan, all these people about what's happening in their lands. They can't, they won't be able to name it to you. There's no connection, right? But a statesman is connected. He knows the issue of his people. He is emotionally invested in it. He wants to resolve their problems. He feels it not just because he's a statesman, but because, back to the point of principle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallam, they demand it. It's your, it's your responsibility, it's your role. You have to do it if you're, if you're going to be in charge. And we know the hadith where the Prophet sallam, he says that the Muslim Ummah is like one body. When one part of the body aches, the whole, uh, is afflicted with, 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 with aches and fever, the whole body gets afflicted, right? If you are not connected to understand this, how can you be in charge of the people's affairs? So you have to be connected with the Ummah to know their problems, to be able to solve it according to your principles. Actually, another example that you just reminded me of, again, from the time Umar ibn Khattab uh, was, again, during his nightly patrols, and he, um, he overheard a woman in her house reciting some lines of poetry, and the lines of poetry were indicating that she was uh, deeply missing her husband to the extent that she was feeling uh, very kind of frustrated by his absence uh, and possibly uh, was looking into uh, entering into some haram action because of that. Uh, and he... Based on him hearing this uh, this poetry from this woman, he investigated uh, how long it was possible for a woman to be away from her husband, and he put into place a rule that men who are uh, away fighting in jihad must return over a cert after a certain period of time, or take their wives with them on their campaign, so as to avoid uh, this problem of of uh, sort of separation anxiety, if you like, becoming widespread in the ummah and affecting society. It's again, it's it's a brilliant indication of a man who really understood what it mean, meant to be connected to his ummah, not just going around and seeing how they were doing in the day, but patrolling at night and using what he heard and what he, what he discovered to shape his, his policies so that, so that the ummah was functioning in harmony under the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, I think, you know, you've set, uh, mashallah, a good, a good framework, a good summary of what it means to be a political leader, what it means to be a statesman on the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, you've talked about, um, uh, but referring back to the principles and how once you refer back to your principles and you're aware of your principles and they're, they're solidified, it puts you in a position where you should always be ready to step forward and take charge and get involved with solving the problems, the problems which you are aware of because you are connected to the ummah. This sort of uh, sequence, if you like, this sort of uh, method or formula, which we get from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, of statesmanship, what are some maybe some practical steps that the viewers can take away today to implement in their own lives to start building these these things in the example of the Prophet That's a very good, a very good question. So um, the first thing we need to be um, 
understanding of is that politics in Islam is clean, if I can use the term. Politics in Islam is ibadah, it's worship, right? Because it is connected to fulfilling your duty towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the first thing, is to understand that you have to get involved in Islamic politics because it is a duty upon you and it is ibadah you get rewarded for it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second thing is then to start to understand and to learn what the uh, uh, no, the second thing is to then be, start to get connected with the problems that the Ummah are facing. So to read the news, practical thing, read the news of the Ummah back home, read the news of the, even the people locally in the United Kingdom or in the, in the US, wherever you reside, understand the problems that people are facing because the solutions of Islam didn't come from Muslims alone, they also came for the non-Muslims. Muhammad came as a mercy to the whole of mankind. Yeah, we have sent you as a rahmah for the entirety of mankind, not just for the Muslims. So the solution that Islam carry is for the whole of mankind. So be connected to what's happening. Read the news, read the newspapers, read articles, try to understand what's going on in the world and start to think, right? How can I solve these problems politically speaking? And the third thing to then do after this, after you start looking into the politics, you be connected is to look and understand uh, at uh, into the ahkam of Islam, the solutions of Islam for those different systematic problems, the education system, the ruling system, the judiciary, all of the different aspects that govern society, start to learn what the Islamic solutions are and fourthly, think about how you can practically then bring them into life, how you can apply them, that's what makes you the statement, not just the three points but the fourth point is critical. You understand politics, you understand the problems and you're aware of them now. You're connected with the Ummah and the entire world. You now understand the, uh, and, and know the rules of Islam and now how can you practically bring them to life. So those are the four practical points I will I, I'll advise uh, people to, to do inshallah when it comes to um, getting involved with Islamic politics. Jazakallah khair. Um, we're coming towards the end of the time, but I just wanted to pick up on something you just said and, and sort of um, 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 say a little something on it. You talked about how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was given the title of Rahmatul Alamin, and you know, and that he was given other titles, Siraj al-Munir, you know, an illuminating lamp. Uswatun um, Hasana, he is the best example. You know, and, and I mentioned in the beginning, and I think it's worth mentioning again that. Um, According to some uh, uh, narrations, Rabi'l Awwal is the month in which he was born, which means this month, many, 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 many centuries ago, um, our Prophet uh, uh, Muhammad وسلم, was born. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, chose him. He was Mustafa, selected, uh, and, and he was given Nubuwa and Wahi to, uh, to bring all of mankind, both Muslim and non-Muslim, من الظلمات إلى النور from darknesses, from darknesses plural, into light. And he gave us a way of doing this, uh, a system uh, of Islam, of Khilafah, uh, by, by which everyone in society would live in harmony under the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he gave us the example, as we've talked about today, of, um, of, of how, to, how to build yourself politically, to, to, to become a person who can implement these laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and solve the problems of people around you and solve the problems of society around you uh, from, 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 from all, to all levels, from top to the bottom. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the, the examples you mentioned about staying connected to the ummah, about educating yourself on the hukum of Islam, of how to solve these problems, these are all parts of his sunnah and, 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 and his sunnah of how to be a statesman, as we've mentioned. Now, 
as as you've also pointed out that we don't have a uh, a khilafa today um uh, we don't have uh, the system of islam the the statesmanship of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not visible in any leader of any country or any nation or any people in the world today um and it's been a, it has been a long time since 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 it has been um i would like to take this opportunity to extend an invitation to all our viewers uh to a very special event that's coming up soon which will be discussing this issue of khilafa and discussing this issue of statesmanship in much more detail uh, it is a conference run by hizb tahrir uh, an international online conference uh, uh titled return of the islamic world order uh it will be next saturday uh the 31st of october at 2 pm there will be links uh, uh in the descriptions and and uh, uh the post attached to this video inshallah so i would urge based on what we discussed today about the importance of statesmanship about the importance of islam and the example of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when it comes to leadership um i would urge everyone to please sign yourselves up inshallah attend this conference where these topics and more and a vision for the future of islam will be discussed in a lot more detail uh, brother tahir is there anything you'd like to add any final thoughts you'd like to leave our viewers with before we finish up today inshallah just one simple uh, comment, inshallah, which is that uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was revealed to us as, a, as an example for us to follow, and he is the one who showed us how to implement the rules and the systems and the solutions that Allah subhanahu wa taala has given us to be implemented over the entirety of humanity. And the those last four points that I mentioned practically for them to take place, the way uh, to do it is to follow the Prophet ﷺ example literally as how it was done. So we never compromise, we never lose hope, we never give up. We continue even on the God, even if the odds are against us, we continue until Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He uh, delivers us to His nasr, to His victory. And we know that if we have our foothold firm. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will support us if we support his deen. And inshallah, through our work with a political party, specifically with Hizb al-Tahrir, to become statesmen and to take this ummah and the world out of this darkness into the rahmah of Islam, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us his support and his victory via the establishment of the khilaf, inshallah. Inshallah, jazakallah khair. I think a, a very strong note, a very strong uh, uh, note of reminder to end on, inshallah. So once again, I'll say jazakallah khair to Brother Taha, uh, our guest, uh, for, for joining us today and sharing and shedding light on this topic. Uh, and thank you to you, our viewers. Uh, I'd, ask to, uh, I'd ask that you please, inshallah, uh, share this video, like it, subscribe to our social media platforms. And once again, please do keep your eye out for the link to sign up to that conference, inshallah. Uh, with that, we say to you, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and see you next time, inshallah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.